Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 241 of Martha Runs the World. Thank you so much for joining me. We can think of any excuse in the world when we don't want to run, can't we? I mean, really. What happens when we get our lives so busy that we really don't have time to run, or we think we don't have time to run? Making time to run sometimes takes a lot of planning. It takes sacrifices or cutting back on other areas of our lives. That's what this week is all about, because not running is not acceptable. I realize that not everyone is single like me. Most people have others they take care of besides themselves. So I know I am the anomaly. I understand that. But so I'll try to make this episode for everyone with families and other responsibilities. Okay, I have other responsibilities as well, but I don't have a family to take care of. Of course, most of us are overwhelmed with responsibilities that we have outside of running, but we can juggle those and still get running in as well. As avid runners, we must run, don't we? So not running is not the answer. I'm not going to go down the tired path of saying, just get up earlier or stop watching so much TV. I might suggest that, but I'm sure you've tried that or you do that now. We know about those already. We know. We probably don't watch that much TV anyway. I I haven't owned a TV in nine years, so I, I don't know what watching TV really is anymore. Who owns a TV these days? There aren't that many people who still own televisions. I stream everything. I mean, doesn't everyone just stream things online? And I don't even watch that much of that anyway, because I work a lot a couple days a week, and the days that I don't is when I have to get everything else done. (laughs) Okay. Now, the first thing that needs to change is when we start thinking We don't have time to run. That's what needs to change. We have to start changing our way of thinking. We have time to run. Where, where on earth are we going to make time for this running thing? Once we start thinking that we have time to run, guess what? The time appears. It's a change of thought. It's weird because... It's as if the clouds part and there's blue sky there that we've been waiting for all along. So it's a mindset change. We have to be positive and say, okay, we do have time to run. So change your way of thinking, change your thought process, and it will appear. If we're overwhelmed with our lives, that's when we need running the most. Running is the perfect connection between physical, emotional health, and mental well-being. List the most important things in your life and include running as one of them. If you're a runner who's been running more than just a few months, then you know how important running is to you. It is one of the most important activities, so list it as one of them. 
once you list all these most important activities, and, and it, you shouldn't have more than two or three, then you'll see running in the same light as the other most important activities, like spending time with family, work, sleep, that kind of thing. Elite runners focus their lives around their running. This is obvious, of course. This is That's what they do. It's their job. If we look at running as more of a priority, kind of like elite runners, then we'll find that we won't usually miss our runs again. I say usually because things come up that are unavoidable. So I'm not going to count those. Obviously, for elite runners, things come up too, and they have to skip workouts. It happens. Life happens. Having a bad day or being too busy are not justifiable reasons to skip or run, in my opinion. In fact, those are two very good reasons to get your run in. You'll feel so much better about your life after a run. The wonderful thing is you don't need to make it a long run. If you find your time short, you can get a shorter run in and feel just as good. It's not going to mess up your progress, I promise. Just get a longer run in when you can. But that run that you fit in, that shorter run, when you didn't think you could, is really going to strengthen your resolve a lot down the road. Good running habits are formed by continually doing them over time. Keeping to your running schedule within reason, of course, barring injury, illness, emergencies, that kind of thing, will make you feel stronger and better towards your goal race. When I've had a particularly rough 12-hour day at the clinic, my first thought of going to the gym and running on the treadmill, I, I, I don't want to do it when I first think of it. But then my second thought is I realize how much I love it and how badly I feel if I don't do it. So then after I do it, I'm so happy that I did it as I walk home that I never want to skip it again. As I said, if you can't get the big mileage in, go for a shorter run. It isn't ideal, but it's better than skipping it altogether and you'll feel so happy that you actually did it. Then plan for your longer run in the near future. A growth mindset is really important when thinking of fitting your running schedule into your busy life. It really is. A growth positive mindset really helps. Finding solutions rather than barriers helps. I know it sounds so Pollyanna-ish. I, I really know it does. And I'm not trying to sound all rainbows and lollipops. But if you think of everything as gloom and doom, it's really going to be hard to get it done. Now, think of creative ways to get your runs in if time is really short. Here are some suggestions. These are just a few. I know there are others. And I know you can think of ways to do it. I've already mentioned making it a habit. Creating habits in our lives make them things that we are more likely to do. Once running is a habit, you're much more likely to stick to it. If you can, now I said I wasn't going to mention this, but I will mention it. Run early in the morning if you can. Yeah, this is always like the first thing they say. Get up earlier. Okay, if you already get up before, no, then probably not. you're not going to do it. In my neighborhood, unless I go to the gym and do it, running in my neighborhood early is not safe. So it, running 
in the dark is not safe. So unless I get up early, go to the gym, I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to get up early, go to the gym. I'd rather do it after work. So you have to choose what is good for you. If you can get up early, if I had a trail to go run early on, I would go run early on that trail. If you have a safe neighborhood where you can go up early, then go get up early and go do it. It really is a great option. You get it done before the day starts. You get it done before any emergencies pop up or anything comes up that might disrupt your day. It's a great option. Getting a training partner can keep you going in your running. If you have someone out there to push you to do your run, or ideally if you push each other, you can get the mileage done with smiles and laughs along the way. I've always loved what training partners I've had. You find someone who goes around the same pace as you do, and you can talk along the way or not talk or or tell each other about your bad days or your good days. It's a really fun time, and you can go out for coffee or breakfast afterwards or lunch, whatever you want to do. It's a really cool thing to do. Don't overschedule your week. Leave some free time so that if you have to reschedule a run, it doesn't ruin your whole week. This is super important to do. Some people just schedule everything so that if you something changes, the whole week is ruined. And so is your mindset. That mindset thing is really important. Schedule a couple errands into your runs. If you don't have a ton of things to pick up at the store or just or have only have a quick couple of stops and they're not too far away, run to them instead of drive. I actually do this. I'll but I don't have a car either, but um I'll run to the store, buy stuff, and then take the bus back. <laughs> so I, I like to incorporate things together. If you can't afford a treadmill or don't have space for one, join a gym that's close by your home or work. This works really well so that if you can't go out and run, you can drop by the gym, get a, a quick 30 minutes in, and then you're done. It's pretty handy. I, I like having it, and a lot of gyms have specials. Especially pre-holiday season, they'll have a special going on, and you can get in before all the other people start in January. If you're simply too busy before or after work, see if you can run during lunch. It's easiest if you have access to a gym or showers at work. I cringe when I hear about people who run at lunch and don't shower. So there's so there the gym is really helpful, uh, but some people say they use wet wipes. Is that really the same thing as a shower? I guess it's better than nothing, but I don't know. It's kind of weird to use wet wipes and think that you're clean, but it works for some people, I guess. I don't work with those people, so I don't know. How do they smell? How does someone using wet wipes instead of a shower smell? you got to tell me. I don't know, (laughs) but it's better than nothing, I suppose. Another way you can sneak a run in is to run to work. Again, if you have access to a shower or you want to wet wipe yourself down. (laughs) If not, try running home from work or even part of the way. If you don't have a ridiculously long way home. If you live like within a few miles, you can do that. If you can stash your work clothes at home or have a fast pack, you can do that. I have a fast pack, so I just take my fast pack to work and then I change and then I run home. And the direct route home is two and a half miles. If I want to get more mileage, I can go the long way and get four, four and a half miles. And I can get more if I want. 
and I probably will start doing longer routes um, as my training gets more. It's pretty cool. I get a good workout in, get a good run in, and I can add some extra weight. So it's really, really a good workout. Now, this is the really good suggestion. And if you have a family, you really have to follow this. Check with your family first and make and see what works for them. This is really important. It becomes especially important if running is fairly new and your family is just getting used to you spending a lot of time running. If your mileage has increased a bunch lately, maybe you just started running and you just did it a couple times a week and you only went out for a couple miles, but now you're doing it four or five or six times a week and it really takes a lot of time away from the family and from family activities and they're suffering and maybe they're not so happy, you got to sit down and have a family meeting and talk it over and see what they feel, see what this, they think about this. And you got to work it out. And if you're gearing up towards a longer race, like a marathon or an ultra, you got to see what works for everybody. When I started running many, many, many years ago, my boyfriend at the time didn't like it very much. And we had many conversations, quote unquote, about it. And he just didn't like that I spent so much time doing it. And he never got used to it, sadly. But that was that. I mean, that was a long time ago. So I'm not going to talk any more about that other than to say that's how that went. <laughs> Listening to your family's needs and compromising, because it is all about compromise, isn't it? Making sure that everyone is as happy as possible is what we all want, isn't it? Sometimes it's a tight rope you have to walk, but communication is the key. Maybe your family or your loved ones call you selfish because you spend so much time running and you ignore a lot of things that need to be done at home. I've done that before. I really have. That's the opposite of no time of running, but since we're talking about all this stuff, I'll bring it up. This can happen if life brings us maybe more problems than we want and we spend more time on the road or trail. And it seems like a better choice than dealing with our problems. And that's kind of like drinking. You, you spend more time because it's a lot more fun than dealing with the problems. But you've got to deal with that problem. If the family isn't happy, you can't just spend time away from them. You have to deal with that problem. Find out what the problem is. If they're not happy with you spending all your time running, then you have to make up for it somehow with the family. You have to deal with a compromise. Maybe it is you getting up early and, and go run so that nobody notices it. Maybe that's what it is so that you can spend more time with the family and everybody is happy. Communication is the key and deal with the issues as they come up. If you're the only one in the family who runs, it can be hard to get sympathy from everyone else. One way to get some family time and maybe get some exercise and enjoyment, even if you're not running, is to go walking with your partner or family and schedule a hiking or walking day. You can even plan a hike, and it doesn't have to be a long one, and have a picnic at the end so that everybody is outside having fun. You're together as a family, have some delicious food, and get some exercise in. And that way, it's a good day, and you're not being called selfish, and everyone's happy. 
just remember that if you're dealing with your family and they're saying you're spending too much time running or you're not spending enough time with responsibilities or anything, you've got to sit down and communicate. And you can find different ways of getting your runs in in all kinds of creative ways. Now, this is something very cool I saw on a website when I was finding information for this episode. Every runner, remember this, no matter if you're an elite or back-of-the-pack runner, has these three skills. Remember these skills as you train. Talent. Yes, all runners are talented. Let me repeat that. You may not think you're talented, but you are. You may not think that you, a slow runner with short legs who never started running until you were in your 40s, don't have a lick of talent, but you do. You're running unlike all the millions who don't. That's talent, my friend. Mental skills. You know what it takes to get out there on the road or or trail. You know how to sip water while you still run, how to get in and out of an aid station, and how to get in and out of a sports bra. (laughs) That takes mental skills. There are so many skills that need to be learned to be a runner, and most people's minds would be boggled if they realized how much you know. Emotional engagement. If you weren't tuned in emotionally, you'd be doing something else. You wouldn't put your heart, your very soul into running if you didn't have the emotional connection to running. If you're like me, you've cried more than once during a training run or a race. Yeah, we're emotionally engaged, all right. It's our passion. It's our life. It's our love. All right. So find time for running because it really is worth it, as we all know. And we want, we need to be trained for our races coming up because under training kind of sucks. Speaking of training, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, my trail run that I had this weekend. Yeah, I went on my first trail run, my real trail run this year. As you know, I had surgery, or if you don't know, I had a hip replacement surgery in March. And so I just started back into running in July. And that was my second hip replacement surgery, actually. Both my left and my right hips have been replaced. But I started back running in July, and I went on my first real trail run Saturday. I went up to the headlands for the first time this year. I hadn't been up there all year But I finally went up there and I got a six-mile trail run, hiking and running both, but a lot of running, and I loved it. It was so much fun. It was just absolutely fun. I wasn't even that sore afterwards, but it was just hecka fun and just really, really great. I loved every minute of it. I was just, I was a little out of breath on the uphill climbs. I climbed up about a thousand feet. I, I went up, I hit... I went up a thousand feet and 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 an incline and down about a thousand feet. So it was a really nice nice trail. It was it was cloudy, foggy, foggy and windy, but not that cold. It was kind of humid. It was a good day. It was a nice day to be up there, and I had lots of water with me about the set, about the right amount. I took my Nathan's my Nathan. Uh, vest with me that has a bladder in it and I'm kind of glad I did because it could hold a lot of water and I that was very cool I'm glad I took that with me 
It was just a great day. It was really, really nice. And I was just very, very happy. Everything went well. And it was really nice. I saw, let's see, um, I went up the coastal trail and then I went down the Alta Trail into Marin City and caught the bus home. And that was the first time I'd been on the Alta Trail. I'd never been on that Alta Trail before. I don't know why I'd never been on it, but it was the very first time that I had traveled onto that trail. It was weird. It was like, how come you've never been on the trail before? I don't know, but I never have been. And so that was that was kind of cool. So it was really, really fun. I was smiling the whole time, even when I was out of breath and saying, oh, my God, my lungs got to catch up with everything else. My legs were in great shape. I was just enjoying everything. I need to go up there a few times. I know when I get into real, real big training for my 50-miler coming up in February, that's right, I'll, I'm going to tell you my race schedule in a minute. I will be going up there for lots and lots of racing and training. That will be my basic training area for my 50 miler. But it was just a great day. And I don't know why I've never been on the altar trail. I don't know why I've never gone from Marin City up there because it's actually a lot closer to Tennessee Valley than the place. I usually get off at the Golden Gate. I take the Golden Gate Transit and get off at the Golden Gate Bridge. And I don't know why I do that because it's like I save like two and a half miles if I get off at Marin City and go up the Alta Trail instead. So I don't know why I do that, but it is what it is. That's what I that's what I do. But now that I know that I can save a couple miles getting off of Marin City and going up that way, I'm going to do that next time. So it was a it was just a very very fun day, and um, yeah, I I really like that very very much. It was just just so much fun. Now, I have a really nice schedule for races. I don't do a lot of racing I because most of the races, if I did, would be in town, would be road racing because for me to get outside of town means I would have to rent a car and stay in a hotel and everything, and that gets a little pricey. There are a few trail races I want to do outside of outside of San Francisco next year, and I will have to rent a car and stay out of town more next year, but I have some big races planned next year. But this year, I am signed up for, I'm doing the Ride to Walk again next month. I did that last year, and it was really fun, and I don't want to miss it, so I'm going to do that. Then in November, I have two races. I'm going to do the Golden Gate Half Marathon in early November, and then I'm going to do the uh, San Francisco Turkey Trot. I'm doing the five mile distance this, this year. I did the Pilgrims Promenade, the three mile last year, the 5K, and I do because I just walked it, and that really doesn't count, and you don't get your picture or anything. This year, I'm going to do the five miles, so I'm going to get my picture and everything, and it's going to count. And then I ha still haven't decided whether I'm going to do the 30K Hunter S. Thompson. I'm sorry, the 50K Hunter S. Thompson in San Francisco. Probably not. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I, I'm i leaning towards not doing it, but we'll see. But that's that's a race that I, I was going to do last year, and then I had to did not start it because uh, my hip 
and then I caught COVID. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> All right. And then if they do the, if they do the San Francisco one day in San Francisco, I'll do that. And if they do out of town, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. So we'll see on that. And then in February, I'm going to do my first 50 miler in Boulder City, Nevada. So that's going to be fun. But for that one, I'm going to do a lot of training in the headlands and it's probably going to be really, really icky weather, but that's what I got to do because it's in winter. <laughs> so you got to train in winter for a winter race and train in fall and winter, I should say. So that is my schedule and I hope you find that interesting. And thank you so much for listening to the show. Everything for, uh, I don't know if, well, everything for the show is on the website. MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to be a Patreon patron, I would truly appreciate it. It will help out the show. The link for Patreon is on the website, MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. And if you want to email me, please do so, MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. So that's this week. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.